Just because it's an incredibly hard drone shot doesn't mean it's an incredibly good drone shot. There's a reason why in the NBA, you don't shoot behind your back shots just because it's harder. No, you shoot a three-pointer. Bad drone shooting is always trying to do too much. That being said, can you shoot something that is meaningful to the film that actually has a storytelling purpose? And what I mean by that is like, why is this included? Mm -hmm. why, why is this important to the film or the couple? Hey everyone, welcome to the Wedding Film School Show. My name is Jared and we're back for another episode. I'm here today with my co-partner in crime, Jason McCutcheon. How's it going, man? It's going good. I'm using our brand new Wedding Film School mugs. Yeah, it's a uh, very on-brand uh, slash off-brand. Totally off-brand orange. Orange color. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, that's what happens when you go with a new printer, right? Uh -huh. Some you haven't used before. You never before. know. And, you know, but... I still think it's a cool design. I think these ones will actually be the ones that are like worth a lot of money in the future because it was like a printing mistake. Yeah. Like, do you ever watch that Netflix show mm -hmm. the, on, on like all the old toys, like the old G.I. Joe and Star oh, Wars Oh, I toys? was a collector, my friend. I yeah. Know. I know how this goes. It's like the ones that have the off print. Those are the ones that are worth the most. This is the so. one where his name is spelled Babe Ruth, but with an O. Yeah. Babe right. Roth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So actually, we're probably going to be doing some giveaways. Once we start up the Wedding Film School live show on YouTube on a weekly basis, uh, we have a lot of a lot of swag. Yeah, I'll give you a free be. tip, not related to the episode. Uh, don't build a studio. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Don't ever uh, construct it yourself because uh, it will never come to fruition. So we've been filming in our... Uh, Half constructed. Future podcast. This is where we're going to be doing podcasts. So at Except least we're in the same it will same look room. not terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, we just have to shift things around on a weekly basis when contractors are in here doing, working on our ceiling. You can't see this if you're, if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, clearly can't see it if you're listening to it on we're so the close though uh, we're getting there though we are almost there it sounds okay it will sound better when it's actually soundproofed in here uh, but we're just waiting for some logistics before we can wrap the space up and uh, yeah kind of make this a regular thing yeah um, it's exciting so what are we talking about today yeah so today we are talking about drone really and, I and, didn't know that yeah and and why we don't use drone for a majority of our wedding films yes we uh, we don't do it and it's probably not for the reason that you think yeah uh, we're just making that the title so that it's catchy and you listen so. yeah if you got if you took the bait and clicked you're a sucker. I'm sorry. You're an idiot. Here you are, but you're here. You're going to listen. So You need to consider your life. Let's let's dive right in uh, into uh, drone. So, like, the reason why I kind of wanted to, to bring this up is because we're fresh off coming back from WPI, Las Vegas. You just watched a abhorrent amount of wedding films. I feel uh, like I always watch an abhorrent. <laughs> That's true. You Between probably... our own films that we edit and then the ones on wedding film school and I don't know. 400 wedding films a year at least yeah i mean do you know of anyone who watches more wedding films than you i sincerely doubt anyone i don't know yeah i might watch more wedding films than anyone in the world right right maybe, maybe. i i think like full wedding films it would I think be it's hard true. especially critically yeah like maybe a bride getting yeah. married watching like maybe they're just super excited right I don't think they watch 400 wedding films a year, though. Like <laughs> no, you, you're up there um, between being a judge at WPPI and then also. I don't just get to watch them. I have to actually provide feedback. Feedback for all of them. them. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Besides being a judge at WPPI and then also, um, you know, running the wedding film school show on a weekly basis. Um, you watch a lot of films. Oh, so I watch films that we don't even put on the show. So some some films have drone, some do not. Mm. Um, so I think I just want to talk about like what is the state of like drone? Is drone becoming the you know slider drone is of the, the wedding slider. industry? Um, well, what, so what do we mean by that? Because a lot of people maybe if you're getting into the game now, and it's all about gimbals, right? Maybe you don't remember sliders. Yeah, but yeah. that was a big thing. That was like when sliders. I think sliders were like the first thing that was like. And now cinematic. Yeah. Like, yeah. and we no slow-mo either. You'd be like, you'd be like faking slow-mo with a slider. Right. <laughs> but like, essentially, like what is the, you could even say getting into like, is drone the new gimbal? Cause I think gimbal is almost over. Is it played out? Yep. Is it old hat? You know, like what, you know, um, spoiler, we don't think it is played out, but 
we can't understand the perspective. It can be played out. Yes, I think if you if you're overusing. It. So just in general, like what what are your thoughts nowadays? How are people you know are, are people using drone too much? Like what are your opinions on that? So I think the the state of drone, we'll say. Yeah. Um, I think we're having an interesting point because like first and foremost, like for instance, like the new Mavic Three. Um, Mavic Three Pro. Yeah, no, no. I think it's just three. Yeah, whatever. That's kind of like the the the. Maybe it's probably it's not the best drone in the market, but you know I think that's the best one. You probably will see consistently at weddings. You know, not many people. Every once in a while, you you see a person flexing about their Inspire, but in general, you know, and so like that comes out, and if you're paying attention, you're like, well, it's good. It's better. But how much is it really way better? Like the technology is like hitting a point where we're getting very incremental changes for at the beginning. It was like from the original phantom to the Mavic two pro you're talking light years. I remember that original phantom, like we would put the footage in and I would be like, well, it's drone footage and that's cool. But it kind of, looks like crap <laughs> kind of has that like sharp quality yeah like, <laughs> which is like a, a bad sharpness where it's like over sharpened digital yeah and, and like and like you could tell like the color was bad and now it's like beautiful looking and you no know, dynamic range now dynamic range is like it's getting there and looking it's, nice yeah it's a beautiful looking image shooting log <laughs> it could work within your workflow and, uh, and they're affordable you don't need a mavic three you can shoot incredible footage with a three-year-old drone so i think the lift you used to see from someone just putting drone in their film which was like whoa wow did they did they rent a helicopter like you know like now you're walking in and like you're shooting drone have you ever had this experience you're shooting drone at a wedding and then somebody walks up to you like an uncle or some enthusiast guy at the wedding he's like yeah oh well hmm, cool that's mavic yeah i just got one of those took it on vacation yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's shooting this stuff. And so it's outside of the realm of like, it's so cinematic. It's it's just drones are part of everyday life in, you know, most places, at least in the States. And so I think that the wow factor is decreased. Right, yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and it's kind of at the point, I think we're at a point now where everyone had to get the newest drone. Like we went from like, you know, the Phantom 4 to the Mavic 2 Pro to like the air s i think we have now um so you know we have not gotten the mavic 3 haven't gotten the mavic 3 but but that's the question is like now like you're saying like now they're much more incremental they're much more like an iphone like Mm -hmm. year to year do you really need to get a new iphone every year probably not most people i just got my new iphone the last one i bought was like 2017 and that's a huge jump i do want the mavic 3 by the way so so you know do we as professionals have to buy each new model no and like what is the impact when you put the in your film right like with your clients with other filmmakers just in general so i think that's the first thing is like it's not a novelty anymore right yeah i think so like is it a fundamental then is the question i don't know about that but i know that like you're not going to have much of a competitive advantage just because you have drone anymore. Right. And so maybe there'd be a disadvantage if somebody, I can't imagine why someone wouldn't be able to provide drones. So yeah. I don't know that it, if somebody was like, Oh, well this guy's doing drone. Can you, even if you've never have, you could be like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just go buy the drone. Right. And, and it's not that hard yes. to shoot drone. And so I wouldn't say it's a necess- necessity, Yep. but, um, it is no longer, I think, a special magic thing that yeah. would get I th- you. I think when you get to a certain price point, it might be a fundamental. Yeah, probably an expectation. Of like, you know, it's it's an expectation once you reach a certain, like, if you're doing a boutique wedding film, you're probably just including drone. You're just like, hey, you're going to buy us. You're going to get the best we have to offer kind of thing. Like, uh, I can't imagine 31 films not bringing a drone to their wedding if they're like this film requires it because they're super well that's what i was gonna say that i think it is true is like okay it's not gonna just by itself shooting any drone shot blow people away but i think now it's to the point where it's like nobody would be like oh my gosh did you see how long that lens zoomed yeah you know oh wow did you get so you have a zoom lens that's incredible like like, but if you never had shots that were close up, it you wouldn't be able to tell the story right. 
Right. Like you wouldn't be able to tell the story correctly. So I think instead of being a wow factor just for being in the film, it's a fundamental storytelling skill most of us have. Mm -hmm. And so like if, 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 you know, we're talking about our, we're shooting in Aspen this year and we have to shoot drone. Mm -hmm. And because that, that's the epicness of the mountain. How else, how else am I supposed to show a mountaintop? Right. Without a drone. Yep. Yep. And that film requires a mountaintop. And yep. so then we have to logistically go, where can we f legally fly it in Aspen and all those things? It's like, so I do think while it's not blowing people away, it is a fundamental storytelling like mechanic that a wedding filmmaker probably needs to have. Mm -hmm. It yeah. needs to know when to use. I, I think um, the good thing about drone, and, and, and maybe this is a little bit obvious and I don't want to patronize people, but like, uh, I just shot a wedding on um, Sunday uh, behind the scenes. Uh, that's going to be coming out shortly. Pay attention to that, peoples. Uh, but the venue itself was kind of hard to film, like the exterior. I always like to have exterior shots of the venue to just show like, hey, this is where they're getting ready. This is where the wedding's going to happen. Sometimes just filming a wide shot of the venue, A, it doesn't look good. <laughs> it's just hard to film. Like maybe there's this ugly parking lot and you can't really show the scope of the venue. Um, a drone provides that, right? And I, I think that's kind of where a drone can definitely help it's, out. It's a kind of a cheat code, right? Because right. it's basically like a gimbal slash slider slash, you know, camera that can float in the air that right. can give you a, like, I do think it still is cinematic, like right. when shot well. And so, you know, I think the other thing about drone in 2022 is, a lot of people, it's become so uh, ubiquitous that a lot of people are kind of crapping on it or skewing the usage. Mm -hmm. I always see someone who's like, I don't do this anymore because blah. And ultimately, it really means they're just try insecure, trying to be original. Who knows? Like, I don't really, yeah. I don't care about that stuff. But I do see it. I mean, I mean, we've people who just won't use drone mm -hmm. because they're because other people do. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, maybe as much as I'm saying there's not a wow factor, and it's not maybe for it might become a wow factor again as people kind of get over it and stop using it who knows True. i still like a slider sure, sure. <laughs> i don't use it all the time but it doesn't mean i would never use a slider if i thought it was the right thing to use totally yeah so let, let's talk about actually shooting drone uh moving yes. on to like the actual like how to shoot maybe some good drone um yeah we'll general. talk about that so so what in general kind of makes good drone shots compared to poor drone shots you so want to talk I'm about bad watching shooting a first? film yeah yeah i think the first thing i look at with drone shots is like you know basic like camera settings you know i think that still matters and i i see a lot of those exposure mistakes because people are paranoid and freaking out like it's in the air and they and they're worried about battery or they don't know i mean let's be honest those menus kind of suck mm -hmm. so they like you know i think that's the first thing with bad drone is like you still gotta expose the image correctly that's and, true and, and not not really your... having a game plan i've seen yeah, that that's with a, some what it is. drone people that we've we've brought on to film it's like did you even have a thought about like what you were you just trying went to up do and like <laughs> and, and and a lot of times it has to do with like what are your settings? What are your color profiles? What are, what are you shooting at 30p? Are you shooting 60p, 24p? Like what, what's your, you know, frame rate? Yeah. Poor, unintentional yeah. kind of that basics. Have, have be organized, understand what you're trying to do with your drone footage when you even before you send it up to fly. Right. Um, I yep. see some mistakes there. Um, you know, 60p can look really weird with drone unless you're really well, slowing and it also, down. You don't need it. Right. Right. And not to say that I, I, I like to shoot 30p. Yeah. Personally, just, just so you can get a, a little, little extra, a little slowdown, yep. but I don't really see the benefit. Yeah. That's what we do. And, and we shoot, um, generally a pretty flat profile on our drones so that we can add color and, uh, yeah. Provide so yeah, a little bit of flexibility. I think just poor, bad looking footage mm -hmm. is a thing I still see. The other thing I see is unflattering shots mm -hmm. of and I, maybe a better way to say it is poor storytelling. Um, like one of the things I always ask a person in wedding film school live critiques is, what is that? <laughs> it seems like a basic question, but they're like, oh, this is a, um, 
And what I mean by that is like, why is this included? Mm-hmm. Why, why is this important to the film or the couple? And, you know, sometimes the person just like, well, I had a drone. So I shot a drone shot. And it's like, I do, I don't want to act like that's a terrible transgression. Like the, I'm sure the couple just thought it was cool to have any drone. That being said, can you shoot something that is meaningful to the film that actually has a storytelling purpose? Mm-hmm. I see that a lot where I'm like, was that a really important building to them? Uh, no. Yeah. Like I remember a one specific shot. This guy did this um, shot. He, he was just shooting in some, it was a basic wedding, not nothing fancy. It was unfancy. It was like, and this, there was a shot of like a retention pond that had like a fountain in it mm-hmm. shooting air water in the air and and I was like what is that location he's like oh I just drove by and I thought it looked cool right and I'm like I don't think that looks cool I think it looks dumb but it also it's not where they're getting married it's not related whatsoever to the film or the story the couple's not going to look at that and go oh my god yeah like right. it doesn't look nice it's just it's pointless. It's, it's the equivalent of shooting, you know, a sailboat on the shelf once you go inside the house and you're filming Worse. getting ready. <laughs> At least that's in their house. Right. It's like, why are you feeling like that doesn't doesn't have any value to your it's, the end of your it's film? It's not giving no. you a sense of place. Right. If it is giving you a sense of place, it's telling you this is not a nice place. Mm-hmm. This is a common place. <laughs> a normal place. There's nothing wrong with a retention pond that has a if I lived near that retention pond, I would rather it have a fountain than not. Yeah, sure. But it's not relevant to the story of the day. Like they went to this beautiful location that they picked on purpose. It's not even the, the venue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nothing. It's just a nothing. And I, I see that a lot is yeah. like, and then I, the other thing I think is just like not shooting creatively, like the same three quarter angle flyover. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that shot. Right. But I'm oftentimes thinking like, well, could we have done something a little more interesting, mm-hmm. you know, with that? Like, just thinking about it like you would think about any camera in any in any subject, which is like, what is the best way to present this subject in the most flattering way? Yep. And I, th- I think a lot of people are like, like you mentioned before, like they're just flying the drone over the venue. And I'm like, I can see all the dumpsters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's not nice looking. It's not flattering to the venue. Like, do you think the venue is going to be like, let's feature this film? From this filmmaker who shot at our venue, who made our venue look like trash. Mm-hmm. They're not going to want that. Right. Yeah. I think um, to your point about that specifically, I see, I hate parking lots. So it's like, it's really hard to sometimes not film parking lots when you're shooting a venue because it's literally like a clubhouse with a parking lot and maybe like uh, a beauty in a beautiful setting. So like, how are you hiding dumb cars? Like, I hate cars. Like, if anyone shoots cars in our films in general, I'm like, what are you doing? Unless like, the cars are a – you're shooting New York right, City. Right, Yeah, people – like, there's – I don't want to see someone's Ford Focus. You don't want to see a pointless car that has right. no no purpose, like, yeah. just common things. Yeah, that takes people out of the films. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of uh, – like, I, I just kind of got our team figured out for the year, um, and, and we're bringing on some people who are uh, drone operators for, for the year. And a lot of them, I, I'll talk to them. I'll tell them what we do. Yeah, we're doing, you know, wedding films. Um, you know, this is what we like. And always without fail. Do you know we have FPV drone? I can FPV. I'm like, no, I'm <laughs> not interested in your FPV drone. Because why? Because it doesn't tell a good story. Why would I ever want an FPV drone? If we're in Monument Valley, I would say, yeah. Maybe. Definitely be sick. <laughs> I want to watch that. <laughs> uh, maybe. But in a lot of cases, it's it's about pacing, right? Like the pacing of the wedding film. Like, why do I want an FPV drone of someone's country club? Like, no, I don't want that. Like spinning through, I spiraling through trees really or something. Like, okay, yeah. so let's talk about that. Or, or even like a beach. Like, what are the cool things that make a P- FPV drone? FPV awesome? drone, basically, if you don't know what that is, it's first-person view drone, and the drone and the camera is usually mounted on the front of the drone instead of the bottom, so it gives you a perspective of like being in the front of the drone so right. it's more of like a forward-looking perspective typically so if you people who are really good at it are those crazy trick drivers they're typically faster and they're like flying all around crazy trees and rocks and why is that not the right 
shot for most weddings. Well, yeah, like, like I said, I think it comes down to pacing. Like most wedding films, unless they're like you're at this insane part of the wedding film, like it doesn't match. It doesn't feel, creatively, it doesn't feel like the right shot for most cases. Like most most of the times, you're trying to convey meaning in your shots. I would say all the time, you're trying to convey meaning in your shots. And if I'm Every doing shot. this, if I'm trying to do this FPV, like whose perspective am I really trying to show off? Like I'm not probably shooting the bride and groom. I'm trying to shoot this venue and a, a venue will never look good. Most with places draw. like don't a country club or whatever, like the high kinetic, high velocity style flying that you're doing with an FPV drone probably isn't going to match the edit yeah. and it's not going to match the mood. I can imagine a wedding film where actually FPV drone flying would elevate it to another level. Potentially. And that's the interesting thing about this is like, it's not just good enough anymore to get in the air. Mm -hmm. Now we actually have to be filmmakers again. Right. So it's like, so when I, is the right time to do something with your drone? It matters. Yeah. And maybe we have a similar take, but also a different take on it. Cause that like, for me, I prefer my drone shooters to like get the fundamentals and then work on some creative things. Because like for me, I don't want my drone shot to take the audience out of the the story that I'm trying to tell. So if I'm just like do a one second shot of a three quarter shot, I think that's perfectly fine because it's not distracting my couple. It's showing off like it's accomplishing a goal. So I don't really mind a lot of boring drone coverage I don't either. just as an it, essential. Depends on the film. And then, you know, play around with trying to get something creative, look directly down, get this really kind of flat shot. Maybe people are moving down there or maybe you have like I just said don't shoot cars but maybe you have this Rolls-Royce car that's pulling up and you get it you know you're kind of following it just flat perspective like we just did in in, in uh, Red Rocks of our car like that was a cool shot like that was a very stylish you know thought out thing well uh, we were but it added it added to the film because we, yeah like you said storytelling um so that that's what I would say um bad drone shooting um a lot of times uh fundamentals like if you don't have no good composition, that's one thing. Is people are so lazy with their composition with drones, like really lazy. Literally, and, and so that's why you need, I think, need someone who is a cinematographer um, when they're when they're filming drones, whether it's you or you're hiring someone else. Like we thought originally when we first got our Phantom, we were like, oh, this guy knows how to play video games well, and it has like understanding of screens and and you know. Uh, controls, controllers, right? Well, and uh, on some level, there's a little truth to it, but they're never yeah. going to be incredible. But when they're trying to get the actual shot, like they're good at the tech, but then when you're trying to get the actual shot, it's like they don't have the vision for it. So so just creating um, your shots, which have like a point A and then a point B, like I'm going to start here, I'm going to end here. This is my my move, right? Like that's how cinematographers think. Yeah. Um, so people that don't have any kind of, uh, thought for the follow through of your shot. And then also just like the terrible composition. Like this is my composition to start the shot. This, no is, where I'm, third. this is where I'm hoping, hoping to end. Mm -hmm. Like it, you're making, um, uh, you know, creating some parallel lines, mm -hmm. uh, create, making your shots kind of balanced. Um, I hate when my perspective is off just a little bit. Like if I'm doing a push in to a building and it's off just a little bit, I'm so well, tweaked by that. This and kinda, it's hard. This kind of gives me into the last thing I would bring up with bad drone shooting. Sure. Bad drone shooting is always trying to do too much, too. Sure. You, I remember watching a guy's drone footage the other day. I don't even remember when I was – whose film it was, yeah. where it was. But he was trying to fly through a covered bridge. Yeah. First of all, way too long of a shot. Second of all, super crappily shot. Yeah. And third of all, like, it's really hard to fly a drone straight. Yeah. You realize that when you have things on your left and right. Yeah. And um, you get, it was like, he kept having to, like, correct the drone. Yes. Like, my tip to you is if you really want to fly through a covered bridge or any of that crap, do it, like, three times. Practice it. <laughs> Don't just. <laughs> the, I think the moral of this story is. Just because it's an incredibly hard drone shot doesn't mean it's an incredibly good drone shot. <laughs> it's a trick worth shot. Worth it. Yeah. It's like there's a reason why in the NBA you don't 
shoot behind your back shots just because it's harder. It's like, no, you shoot a three pointer. Like you try to hit or like just walk through the cover bridge with your gimbal. Right. Right. Why, do you, why it doesn't, if it doesn't need to be aerial, why yeah. are you using a drone to do it? Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, so let's talk about good drone shooting. Okay. Um, really quick. Yeah. I, I, I think, um, Even though all we of, kind of have all of the opposite things of the things we just said, good composition, having a game plan with your settings, having a game plan with your shots. Um, I think, um, picking times of day yes. that that would be ideal for drone shooting. Generally, I like our drone shooters to be on site um, two hours before sunset um, and filming just the whole golden hour and the hour before golden hour. Like usually if they're getting there two hours, that gives them like a half My an actual hour. favorite drone footage is sunrise. Yeah, sure. The early blue hour. Yep. Like it's beautiful. It, it's not always practical. It's usually softer in the morning, mm-hmm. um, especially like early morning. Um, so that can be, really and there are nice. nobody out there, which I like. Yep. So it's not always the case. Um, but you do tend to get like, if it's at a weird time of the year, like that nice fog mm-hmm. in the morning, um, people that, that really know their stuff are shooting in the morning. So that's probably the biggest hack. Um, but if you're, you know, looking to film like a certain part of the day, like cocktail hour, like, um, that's the only real part of the day that I'll be like, Hey, drone shooter, try to get this specific time of day with people in the shot. Like generally I always tell them we are not going to film the bride and groom. They're never going to be our, in our drone shots. I don't want to plan that logistically. I don't, By the way, we think, don't think that's bad. We just don't do it very I, much. I don't really like it. I don't mind it, but I, I don't love it. Yeah. I, I think it's so hard to get something. And, and if you do this is fine. Do your thing. I would say like, I imagine someone like, Hey, I'm going to follow you guys. You're driving in this great old Corvette or something like, and the bride's sitting on the, you know, uh, on the top of it with her veil flaring and she's holding it like, great. If you want to be Spielberg with your drone shots, or like, like someone's walking on the crest of a hill in Iceland and like, right. there's a time and a place where like, it's kind of actually the right shot. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, elopement stuff. Cool. Like, but if they're I, just actually, standing at a, like a stinking, I do Golf think course. I do think elopement stuff can be kind of cool, um, and where it's just maybe the bride and groom and you're shooting a portrait session potentially when you have the time. It's just usually I don't want to sacrifice my time. Like, yes, getting another shot for that shot. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I think another good drone thing that I see, like the best people, and we kind of mentioned it, but the best people not only are they using good composition and all that, but they're um, they're actually trying to they're focusing on giving you different perspective on things. And so like, whether it be like beautiful lay flats, like I love that. I love a good lay flat mm-hmm. with the drone, whether it be like emphasizing the lines. Yeah. Like a good a garden. Italian garden. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Or like the way you can work with them. People it's a played out shot, but yeah. it always looks good. The coastline. Yeah. You know, there's a lot you can do there. And I think the other thing I love with good drone footage is if you can in- integrate foreground. Mm-hmm. If, if you can fly past a tree and not just over a tree. Right. Like right. that really, really helps. It's like, whoa, those are, we all remember doing the Redwood Forest and we're flying yeah. through the trees. Yeah. And Re- I, and reveal I, the Golden Gate Bridge, like reveal shots. Reveals, like using yeah. actually cinematic techniques in your drone footage where you're using reveals and you're using all kinds of perspective shifts to actually make it a Intriguing. little abstract. Yeah. Instead of just like, and then they went to the golf course. Yeah. And then they went to the beach. Yeah. That that's the biggest kind of hack is like creating a sense of intrigue. And that's just good cinematography in general. Like you thought this, now I'm gonna reveal this. Like this it's like a surprise thing. People, you know, are gonna hone in on like, okay, what's next? Like I didn't expect that. Like that's how you captivate your audience. That's how you make people who are just like normal passerbys buyers you know, watch a wedding film. Why don't we talk about sales? Sure. Um, Even though we kind of skipped, but I think most people connect with the shooting more. So, yeah. So uh, why don't we include it in every single one of the films? (laughs) Yeah. So here we are, we're saying like, we don't include it in most of our packages, but then we're talking about how much we, we love good drone footage. (laughs) Uh, But I, I I think um, what we do, I would, would say, and and maybe I'll I'll do this. Um, I'll ask you a question. Yeah. Should people be selling drone footage as a separate a la carte item or should they include it as a part of their packages? I think 
first I'll say you should get that money. So get that bag wherever you can. And so that's my basic philosophy about a business. That being said, I don't want to be short-sighted. Like if you're early in your career, you might decide that having drone footage in your films is a competitive advantage. You don't want to be seen as a person who doesn't have drone footage. So if you need it and like, if I was shooting a beautiful location and the couple wouldn't pay for drone footage, I probably would just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, I gave you surprise and, uh, and wow, the couple, which is great. And then you have something better for your portfolio. So all that being said, so all that being said, um, I think if, if you're wondering, can I sell it as a a la carte or an add on or, and will people pay for it or do I have to include it? I think the answer is unequivocally, you should be making people pay for it Mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons, mostly because they will. Mm -hmm. Secondly, because it is increased liability in a major way and it adds a lot of complexity to the wedding day and it also adds time to the edit. I mean, anytime you're adding time to the thing that you do and adding risk, you should feel fine charging for it. Right. But also people will pay for it, right? Right, right. Uh, we've definitely that, proven that people are willing to pay extra for this it. This is why we don't. It's a trick yeah. way of, for us to, saying, why don't we include it in all our yeah. films? Because we've proven and we yeah. know that people will pay for it. Yeah, and I, I've seen the commentary, you know, people will say like, well, I won't charge people to use a better camera. And, um, you know, oh, well, what happens if they order drone coverage and then it rains that day, then I have to refund money. Um, so, you know, th- there's some understandable, uh, I guess, qualms against yeah, you gotta, selling drone coverage. You gotta footage. like work through that stuff. But in um, general, I don't but, think that's insurmountable. But the, the things that, that I would say there is, um, you know, yes, that's what we do. If, if, if it's rainy, um, that money is is earmarked. I just return that money to people. Um, if we can't fly, I actually give people some some options, uh, which I, I'll, I'll go through. Um, kind of what those rain options are. Um, I agree with you. I think it's just it is something that if money's on the table, we should always be trying to capitalize. And I'll, I'll tell tell you, I just went through it the other day. We made thirty thousand dollars last year just selling drone coverage. Um, that's not profit that's just you know yeah there's uh, a there's cost involved yeah yeah that's just revenue um you know so there's cost involved what we do is um and this kind of goes into my next next question um we hire separate drone people that are on our team that are contractors that can kind of be on like i always call it like drone island (laughs) like there and and there's a bunch of reasons why you know um that is the case um but why do you think someone um should or shouldn't shoot drone themselves or why they should hire someone else to, you know, uh, film drone for them. Um, I think people, let me hold on. Sure. That beeping sound. What is that? So I think the question is, I don't want to say, I think, so the question is, should you shoot drone on your own? Is it okay to outsource? Should you make like, yep hiring contractor, your default plan. I think the answer is kind of, it depends. But I think if you're thinking, if you've never considered getting partners who are willing to shoot drone for you and rolling that cost in so you can sell it, but also focus, I would say the biggest reason why you would want third party or someone on your team who does it and not the main cinematographer would be because wedding days are crazy. Um, And oftentimes, the way our drone coverage is happening is typically like we have another person showing up while we're still shooting the wedding. Right. So we're not leaving the wedding to go get the drone footage. Most of the time, there are plenty of times where I have been by myself and I come early. I shoot the drone foot. Like it's not always that way, but most of the time I'm not shooting drone. I have another person there if I'm shooting and I'm dealing with the, getting ready stuff right or whatever it is whenever the drone's happening and so i just feel like you should consider it because a you should have someone on your team who can do it because there are weddings where the person might want drone but their schedule doesn't allow for it and b you can focus on your couples and your clients more Mm -hmm. and being creative in other ways the reason you wouldn't want it is first of all if it's just essential to your creative vision that it, something looks exactly a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you don't think you can get it from someone else, you can't train it. Um, maybe you're doing destination work and you can't afford to just bring someone. So um, if you have someone doing it, you certainly can be more focused on the day of the wedding. Mm -hmm. If you don't, you have to be more strategic on when you get the footage. That's when the morning tips happen or going a day early. Like when we do destination, we'll probably try to do our drones on a totally different day. Right. Unless, you know, unless the day comes and, and this is a storytelling tip I'll tell you. If the wedding day happens and the weather is very different, I'll probably try to get a drone up there no matter what. Just so I, I don't know, maybe this is just a weird thing I have. Like, and the footage looks totally different from the actual wedding day. It just right. kind of throws me off. No, totally. Um, you know, uh, th that's all good points. I, I think whenever the real reason you might want to hire another drone operator is um, to be filming at the right time of day. Um, when, when there's good moments going on to match the weather as well. Um, and I agree with you. Like if, if you're shooting a multi-day wedding, we're just fl flying the drone all over the place, but where you really want to have someone else flying is when there's that bottleneck. Mm -hmm. Like typically when we talked, we just talked about it, eight to 10 hour day, right? Eight to 10 hour day. Uh, I want my drone operator there two hours before the sunsets. So generally what am I doing two hours before sunsets? It's usually maybe ceremony cocktail hour portrait session i don't want to have to decide between getting an awesome drone shot and getting an awesome portrait shot the bride and groom oh, i want both i want it all man but i will say we're probably going to pick that portrait time over every, drone every time right so so since i want both i'm going to hire someone else to be there on site that i don't even have to worry about it and the thing i like about that is like i said they're on drone island they they're not uh captive to my wedding day schedule they can drive down the street they can get a lighthouse. They can go to the beach. They can get all these things. They can come back to the venue, get it during cocktail hour. They're much more flexible than I'll be. So ideally, um, you can get better drone footage when there's that crazy bottleneck. Um, and that's the reason why we have someone else do it. Um, and also, we're making the extra money. We may as well have another, like, I don't mind paying someone and still making profit to make my films better. Um, and at the end of the day, too, and this is, this is a point, like, people... Um, might say to us like, well, then you're allowing your client to choose essentially the quality of your wedding film. I still want to fly drone. I would say, dude, like you still can, <laughs> you can, you can, you just can fly, fly the drone, drone and give it to them for free, but believe it or not, you can, you can give away a free service if you really want to do that. But what this allows you to do in this approach is it means if you're shooting at the freaking holiday Inn, you don't, you're not obligated to fly drone for them. Like, okay. <laughs> because then they'll example. be like, oh, you didn't fly drone of the Holiday Inn. Like, you're like, well, I can just have an easy excuse. It's like, well, you didn't pay for it. Like, if you include drone in most of your films and you're like, well, I decide day of if I'm a fly drone or not, they could be like, well, we really wanted you to do that. And like, you didn't. Like, and well, they could be a, left disappointed. This is a great point. Like, people are like, oh, well, I don't want them determining my film. Right. Well, you certainly, yeah, true. You don't want them forcing you to put drone in something that's ugly. Yeah. So we often, not often, but have, I've done it before when I've been talking to a couple where I'm like, so we don't want drone for this. So, you know, because, you know, it's, it's just not going to be, you know, do, is this important to you? You know, right. no, 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 it's not important to me. Yep. Like I established that early on. So there's no expectation. The drone footage is going to be there. They know why it's not there. Yep. We don't do it. And therefore I know that would ruin the film. Yeah. I know, like, and, or, and honestly, they know too. Yes. Like your clients know. Like we sell, we sold thirty drone weddings uh, last year. Um, we they know, like because they're gonna end up saying, like all of, all the films that we're doing drone for are beautiful locations. The no one wants to pay extra drone to get the Holiday Inn. It's mountains. It's these beautiful locations. They think. Oh, since we're getting married in a beautiful space, I can't imagine us not including drone. Yeah, the beach or yep. some amazing place. And, yeah. and, and you know, what happens a lot for us too, we'll send an email a couple months before the wedding season and, and mid-wedding season saying like, hey guys, uh, we're just circling back. You know, notice you don't have drone for the wedding. You're in this great location. Would you want to add it? A lot of times people are at the, probably at the end of their budget, but also they're getting phone calls from people like, oh, I know we RSVP'd. We actually can't make it now. So now they have maybe an extra $500 to spend on me to fly drone. So it's like an opportunity um, where you can sneak in there at the end and just make an extra 500 bucks because your drone operator is like, hey, 
chomping at the bit, man. I want, I want the work. I, I think the biggest thing with this whole sales thing is people will pay extra for it. Yeah. So like you shouldn't feel bad about like, you know, getting that bag whenever you can, like I said. And if somebody, if you're wondering if they will pay for it, I would just say, try it. Yeah. Try making it an a la carte. Try talking to them about it and see how people re- react. Yeah. Maybe they don't all buy it, but they're definitely not going to be like, how dare you yeah. try to sell that? And and let, let me dive into my sales tactic because I talk to people about it all the time. Um, is I always tell people, which is true. I'm like, hey, we used to include a drone in all of our packages because drones are freaking awesome. Like yep. we would want to fly a drone as much as possible. Then the dirty government, you know, my, my libertarian views might come out a little bit. <laughs> in uh, in this conversation, but I'm like the dirty government makes us have to have, um, you know, an FAA licensed drone pilot on site. Um, so it allows me to blame the government, which I like. Um, a lot of people can understand that and hate that. And, and I can just be like, yeah, now we have to have a person on site covering, um, which of course means it could be me as the lead videographer on site um, that's licensed. But I just say, we have to have a drone pilot that kind of takes some pressure off of me why I'm charging extra for it. It's like, yeah, we have a licensed person show up and then, you know, it's not all bad because it does allow them to be on their own. It also lets you get tell the them about coverage. like, talk about, um, FA is federal FAAA. Right. Uh, right. You, those kind of regulations. Like I can't fly everywhere in Boston. Right. You right. know, like you should have those conversations with people yep. but anyway. Yep. It opens up the whole conversation of like, maybe we can't even do this. Let me check in, mm-hmm. in the map and just make sure. Um, so it kind of runs you through a lot of those things. As if you're not to, talking to people about the legal side of drone. Right. You need to. But that first consultation, I would say if they're leaning towards drone, I always run them through all that. Because if you're in, even if you're someone who's including drone, they might just assume like, OK, you're in the downtown you know, area. You're going to fly a drone of these buildings. Um, which is complicated, by the way. I hate flying in cities. It's not my favorite. I mean, I think I never have. I hate it. I've flown on the outsides of the cities, which I'm fine with, but you, I don't think you're even really allowed. Most no. parts of well, the Well, back city. in the day is there used to be the most interference on the Phantom 4 and like some of those early drones. You would get the most interference in cities. So we had Matt one time. Uh, well, I shouldn't have said his name, but <laughs> Matt... Uh, Clemens, our friend, <laughs> Matt, a person named Matt, uh, a person named Matt was flying in downtown Boston and was flying around buildings, you know, like perfectly legal, but it just disconnected and it shot straight up as high as it could possibly go. <laughs> and he couldn't get it down. He was having to move around the downtown area and like eventually got connection to be able to bring it back down. But like it was running low on battery. Like it was like a horror movie. And it was just like, going to land on top of a building. It was just going to land on top of a building or some old lady like um, so it's kind of scary, but anyways, they can assume that you're going to be filming downtown and you might not be able to. So when you can't, they're like, oh, well, that was the only reason we hired you. Cause, cause we thought we were getting free drone out of you. Oh, like, I saw this one footage from this guy's film up. and he threw, he flew through the buildings. Why didn't you? It's right. Like, right. You know, right. I'm not going to break the law. Yeah. So. Um, so it allows you to be like, if I have a person, then you can make requests mm-hmm. about like, oh, well we want to do this with the drone. I can be like, great. Let's t- let's get the drone operator in this conversation and we can make sure that we're getting that lighthouse um and a very specific thing because me i'm with you like i we're not going to the lighthouse like wh- I, how am i supposed to when do it when would I'm you with like you? me to do this so it just kind of clears up a lot of the air um uh, again i think um and, and maybe i hop into just you know what happens if people end up um canceling drone due to weather um i have a couple different options there just in general if someone cancels drone beforehand totally fine. I have it worked out with my drone operators. Like, Hey, if they're worried about weather, they can cancel at any point and we're canceled at any point. That's the arrangement with my drone operators. I give them enough work that they give me that flexibility. So that's great. Um, if we decide, Hey, let's move forward and see what happens. A lot of times in new England, we have these days that are just like these misty days, like Seattle weather. Um, and it's kind of like a coin flip of if it's going to be heavy enough rain for us to fly or not. Um, I usually say like, if it's my drone, I don't care. Like I'll take a risk. Um, if it's a drone operator's drone, I'm probably less likely to take a risk there um, because that's their equipment and I don't want them to have to risk their equipment for it. Um, but if, uh, if they have the drone operator show up on site and test out the weather and they're like there for two hours and they're like in between raindrops, they can send it up for a couple shots. I'm still going to charge them the full amount. If they send it up for 15, minutes, half an hour. I'm still going to charge them the full amount. We got some good drone shots. If they show up and they can't shoot, 
I um, charge them 50% for them showing up. That way I can pay the drone operator for showing up and then I'm just not making a profit. The other thing that we do sometimes is we say, um, we just go back another day. Yeah, and that's another thing is like, I can say like, hey, I'll just show up the next day. It looks like it's gonna be kind of similar weather or cloudy, it's not gonna rain tomorrow. Would you wanna do that? But having those conversations beforehand Uh, is The other thing that I would say, pro tip, catalog your drone footage and then just use it from another wedding. Well, that that's another point that I, I was going to bring up too, is like the business side of, of having drone is like, we have this full catalog. Um, it's not super organized, but Caleb and I are currently working on um, our drone catalog and we can use this for a bunch of different reasons. Um, one is I can sell drone because I sell drone already a separate drone operator. Um, a lot of people are like, Oh, it's just out of our budget. Like we charge $500 for, for drone. Um, and so a lot of people will be like, no, oh, that's just too steep for us. Okay, totally fine. What if um, we have drone footage from this part of the year? Um, would you want us to include you know, drone coverage from last year that we got at your venue? Um, we can see about weather, et cetera. Um, and if they're like, yeah, totally, great. We'll just charge you 200, $250 for that. So we're still making a profit because we're doing the work to catalog, uh, catalog it and be able to offer that and be organized enough to do that, they might be like, you know, that's totally possible. That's better. Oh, that's totally fine with us. Great. A lot of times people are really excited about that. I found out. So, and and then the other part of this too is you can always sell it to stock stock footage, There's the, right? You can yeah. sell it to, you know, film supply potentially um, if you have a good relationship with, with them or whatever stock footage site. Um, so making money off of your drone footage, I think is a big deal. Which I have it by no out. means we're experts at, by the way. Not yet. Um, in terms of like, but that's where we're moving. Like, yeah. like I want to make money on that drone footage, just wherever I can, however I can. Um, I think a lot of people don't understand the value of that kind of coverage. Um, you know, the city of Providence could, you know, uh, buy our stock footage that I just shot of the downtown of Providence. Like it was. I, w- I was gonna say amazing. One thing to just throw in there. Yeah. If you're working with uh, contractors, make sure that the work for hire agreement. Yes expresses that you own the footage yep and not the shooter which is okay if you want to do it the opposite way yep but if you're intending on selling it afterwards make sure you actually own it right and that's that's what we're doing um but then i don't mind if our contractors use it for their uh portfolio no i, no, I wouldn't mind I, I i give a license to them like hey you know we can use this footage for whatever we want we own um, it. we own it um, but then also you can use it for your portfolio too. Like I don't, I don't mind that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't have a problem. With at least either. with drone operators, it's not really the same for our contractors. Yeah, I would feel different too if there shooting. was like couples all that throughout it and yep. footage like that. But yep. Um, okay, so the last thing we we're going to talk about real quick, and we've talked about it a, li- a lot, but just editing a little bit, sure, including the footage. You know, I was going to bring up one thing, which is the <laughs> let's. The opening drone shot. <laughs> What's your feelings on the amount of films that open up with the opening drone shot? Is that a bad thing, good thing, fine thing? Like, what's your thoughts? Honestly, if you were to ask me that question. I did. As, I a, as, a, as a, This is me stalling a little bit. No, I, I think you're asking me that question. Now, immediately I'm thinking it's overplayed. But also, we do it all the time. <laughs> so, well, that, 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 that's the whole thing. Right. Like, is it overplayed? The answer can be yes. Is that bad or good? It can be ambiguous because right. it's like, right. if it's a good shot, and I think and it the just, couple loves it. I oftentimes don't want to start our film on people. I want to start it on setting people up and and using just beautiful shots. Um, a big thing that we're trying to do in all of our films is like. And, and we're telling Caleb and Kyle and we're, we're something that we're really working on is like the first five shots of any film have to be freaking awesome. They have to be some of our best work in the yeah, entire bangers. film because it, it ha- we have to draw people in. And then we're showing the people because if you show people in your first five shots, like no one cares about these people. No one knows these people. Um, the, the strangers watching this film, at least no one knows these people. So I want to show beauty shot, beauty shot, beauty shot, cool shot, interesting shot. And then... Here are the people in this interesting world that I've created. So a drone shot oftentimes falls in those first five shots. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing there's nothing wrong with the drone shot. It's oftentimes the bad drone shot. Yeah. Or meh, you know? Yeah. But you're vanilla. Yeah, like and then even that's okay. And so the first thing is first of all, you're running a business to make money mm-hmm. and make your clients happy. So 
for all the filmmakers who are like, man, drones at the beginning. Oftentimes I'm like, Hey, look, like you have sour grapes about this stuff. So <laughs> is fine. Bobby an anti-drone person or is he an anti? I, I don't think so. Yeah. But I also think he's not like crazy about drone. Right. But we right. do often like, I've heard Matt talk about it too, Matt Johnson. And yeah. Like if you watch a lot of wedding films, you can see the template. Yeah. Anytime you see a template in wedding films or in any kind of art, the immediate reaction is to be negative as artists. But the actual way we should be evaluating it is people must really like that. Yeah. Why do they like that? Right. And okay, it's an opportunity to maybe be different or right. break away and that's good. But it's also an opportunity to not have to think. Right. And just do something that you know will delight people. So I, I have mixed feelings on it because yeah. um, A, I think it should be good and I can acknowledge that it's I'm a little meh about it in terms of how we utilize the footage in our edit. Yes. Um, but I also think it can be effective. So that's the first thing. The other thing with editing is people oftentimes, they don't shoot enough drone footage and they don't shoot enough like unique drone footage or like changing perspective. You can tell they just took one pass, turned around mm -hmm. and then they got down. Yeah. And I'm like, you didn't like give me like a lay flat or any foreground. Like there, it's not enough again, variety. Again, guys, this is, this comes down to if you're shooting your drone footage yourself, you only have a five minute window to send it up. You're going to get your fundamental basic shot, send it back down. When you have someone else filming, I'm just saying they can do a lot more. They're there for two hours, just flying the freaking drone. Well, think about <laughs> like a great destination filmmaker who's going two days before the event i feel like i can remember watching alex's um the jj watt wedding mm -hmm. bahamas one and there's a lot of drone footage in it um not in a bad way but i mean like i felt like i was being toured around the island mm -hmm. like i felt like a great sense of bahamas mm -hmm. and i could tell he shot a lot he, he he spent a lot of time going around and he shot a lot of different perspectives and I, you know, the tip I always see with these really good filmmakers slash drone people who are, know how to edit mm -hmm. is they're, they're almost blurring the line sometimes between drone and gimbal. Like they're flying 30 feet up. Yeah. Instead of go up as high as possible, fly. Yeah. They're kind of like going down a road or like doing things with the drone footage that in the edit that's like qu you're questioning. Mm-hmm. Am I, what am I looking at here? Is this a drone or they on the back of a car? Like, I love that. Yeah. When I'm, when I'm not even thinking about the drone, I'm just looking at the shot. Mm -hmm. And I, but I do think like a lot of edits, the way they utilize drone is just like, well, this is good on its own and that's it. Mm -hmm. They don't do anything with it. They would never composite it. They, it's nothing interesting. Like you said, it's not composed. Yeah. And then the first beginning shot is just like, you know, we talked about that, but yeah. <laughs> I think. I one of my uh, favorite uses of like aerials um, in, in establishing a really good setting is, um, do you remember that helicopter shot in The Shining? How it opens up in, in the mountains of Colorado, right? It's like, Which is not a thing you would like traditionally think of like, oh yeah, when they're driving. Yeah, yeah, up like, the mountain. But it's like, you have this incredible sense of like space between people. And mm -hmm. that was like, you feel that way the whole film and they're setting that up. It's got, he sets it up from the very beginning. Like, Kubrick, you mean? Kubrick, I'm sorry, yeah. Uh, he sets it up from the very beginning. Like, we are in a place where there's not a lot of people, and they, you feel this sense of isolation the entire time mm -hmm. when you're actually in the building, in the hotel the entire time. So, it's, when you watch drone, like drone slash aerial footage in films, yeah. um, you never acknowledge it as such mm -hmm. in your brain. And that's what's, that is great filmmaking is like the camera disappears and the message right. you're trying to communicate is what people get immediately. Like they don't watch and go, wow, how do they get so high? Mm -hmm. They go, wow, there's no one near them. They're driving up that mountain by themselves. Yeah. Like the message is just clearly communicated, which is hard to do with weddings. Yeah. But I do think when you're editing, looking for those opportunities to mm -hmm. communicate something yep. through the edit, even where you put it in the film. Yeah. I think unfortunately, a lot of times, um, a good drone shot versus a bad shot is just, what is the subject? And mm -hmm. you're not in control of that. So it's like, like one of my favorite drone shots I saw this year was Peyton Frank in France shooting this 
palace. It's like a glass palace. It's crazy looking. And you wouldn't be able to get that perspective any other way but a drone shot. But I'm looking at that and I'm like, that's freaking beautiful. I want to be there. That's an interesting perspective. But that's good. Just the content itself, the subject itself is good. Mm -hmm. You know, again, you don't want to show the parking lot. You don't want to show the Holiday Inn. Like, so, so why don't we end on this then, unless yeah. you have something you want to end on. Because how does someone know the difference between a good subject and a bad subject? Mm. In general, but I think how do we apply that to drone, of course? Um, well, you only want to be hired by multimillionaires, mm. first of all. Beautiful models. <laughs> and beautiful models. Uh, cut show. All you got to do is see how many <laughs> likes they have. That's how you know it's a good subject. You know, I, I think um, when you start working up the, the ladder and start doing higher end weddings, obviously your subjects are naturally going to become more interesting because people have more money. They can throw money at their tastes better. You're not just filming, you know, uh, mason jars in a barn, which are <laughs> the worst to look at. And we all hate. Um, I love them. <laughs> oh, good. Good. If you um, ever say that again. But I think a part of grinding it out as a wedding filmmaker is finding the gold. You have to dig a lot harder. Elevate. But but yeah, you work harder. Like if you are starting off, guys, you're going to have to work your ass off to to become a good filmmaker and to get those better opportunities. But the more you work at it and the more you grind it out, the more you're finding those opportunities, the better your films are going to be, the more you can charge, the more you can get into this upper echelon where your subject is just better. But you have to have the basic fundamentals of like shooting a good wedding film, finding the good subjects. Um, I'd say, um, again, I say it all the time, like becoming an interesting person um, is part of knowing and curating what good content is and what good subject matter is. Um, so I think that's a big part of it is just become a better artist. I would say, like you mentioned, just um, knowing if something is interesting, one quick way to ask yourself is what, if someone didn't know anything about this couple or this day, what would they get out of that shot? Right. Would they think that this is like that dumb retention pond? Yeah. I asked them, is this this person's house? Right. Where do they live here? Like, right. I, I, no, they don't. Is this right. where the venue is? No, it is. What does it communicate? What is this saying in the film? And if you, if you honestly cannot tell me and it doesn't look amazing, it's not a good subject. Yeah. Right. It's that simple. It's like, why am I shooting like a, a 10 foot off the air shot of the outside of a golf course? Yeah. We, I always used to make fun of one of our uh, lead shooters, Dom, uh, who I <laughs> love. He's a good shooter too. Great shooter, great cinematographer. But when he first started, um, he would always shoot American flags. <laughs> Just, or any flag. <laughs> any flag because they're moving, they're interesting. They're kind of like, I, I'm with him. I like shooting flags too, uh, because I think they're interesting, <laughs> but I, uh, but at the end of the day, what does that communicate? It's like, man, this couple is really patriotic. <laughs> this couple loves America. And it's like, that's not what we're trying to communicate in our wedding film. Like, do maybe? they, maybe they hate America. I don't know, but we're shooting this American flag <laughs> outside this venue. Um, and so, yeah, it's just think like I would always make fun of them and we'd always bring it back and we rag on them still like, oh man, look at that flag over there. Dom would shoot that flag. Like it's a, you know, inside joke. We still actually just, anytime we see a flag, we'll just like text him. Yeah. Like, what do you think about this what shot? What do you think of this shot? Yeah. Uh, which I think is great. But it, it, you know, thinking it through, just being conscious, being present, uh, it's good filmmaking. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what it all comes down to. Yep. So, um, if you want to buy a drone, I'm sure we have one in our affiliate links. So yeah. <laughs> head down there, help us out. This isn't an episode on which drone you should buy. Sorry if you listened to this whole episode, you thought we we're going to end with that. Buy any new drone. The end. Yeah. They're buy. all great. We use, uh, we have three, we have the Phantom four, which never really gets pulled out, but the Mavic two pro, uh, we're so bad at the, selling the our two S the two S as well. Uh, is it the air two S is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Um, which is a great little drone. I Spark love that drone is fun too. too. There's a lot of fun drones out there, but um, 
But anyways, guys, uh, hopefully this has been helpful and just kind of helps you think about your drone coverage in general. I'm surprised we were able to cover a full episode about drone, Jay. That was uh, that was good. I mean, I like especially it. when I would not consider myself like a drone enthusiast or a drone expert, yeah. you know, like this is more perspective of biz- uh, being a business owner, how you can use drone as a weapon. As mm-hmm. a yeah. Tool whether it be toolbox. how you brand yourself right. or, or, or just delighting your clients yep. right, is really what it comes down to. And, and. It's a great way to make people happy and, and you should be utilizing it and you should be making extra cash from it. Yep. Guys, if you are looking to connect with the Wedding Film School family, uh, there's a couple of ways you can do that. First way is on Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook group. Uh, make sure you join that. That's a great way to just ask questions of, I think 16,000 uh, people are in that Facebook group. Um, so there's a lot of good discussions every single day in there. Um, if you're struggling it's with something. It's perfect for people who want to post in wedding film school, how to film weddings, and wedding videographers. Yeah, yeah, If yeah, you're yeah. interested in making a post in all three groups. Make sure the triple post is uh, what you're doing yes. to get the most views. Um, but there, and then of course, guys, on YouTube, that's where you can find us. Uh, Monday through Sunday, 24-7. Uh, if you're looking to get some helpful tips, we do a lot of behind-the-scenes films. We have two of those that are already shot, that are on the queue, that are coming out very shortly. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned, guys. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and we'll see you next time right here on the Wedding Film School Show.